1: You're listening to the Sharks Audio Network. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. The Sharks are forced back behind the road net. Gregor drops it for Burns. The Sharks start to take off. Burns beats to the left. Here comes Gregor. Sharks skating left to right in the power play. Couture to the blue line. Tried to get zone entry. Gregor reach in, grabs it. Stick handles, gives to Couture who shoots a main. Rebound Reading. Score. Scott Reedy, a backhand shot. On the rebound of that opportunity, the Sharks score to the power play. They're up one-nothing. Rebound, Reedy who's got a goal already tonight. Grabbing it, getting checked hard by Boracek on the far side of the ice. Sillinger also in there, but the Sharks dig it free. Shmieliewski buys some time, then shoots to the net. Same made. rebound, score! Scott Reedy batted that baby out of the air and slammed
0: it home. It's his second goal of the game. It's his fifth of the year, and the Sharks lead the Blue Jackets three-nothing.
1: Dan Rusinowski bringing us in as we get ready to chat with Scott Reedy, who as a rookie last year scored seven goals and added two assists for the San Jose Sharks in 35 games, in addition to playing 38 games for the Barracuda while scoring 18 goals and adding nine assists. It is a big off season for Reedy as he tries to establish himself as a regular for the Sharks, and we sat down on the morning of Wednesday, May 18th to talk about the season that was and the offseason ahead. Scott, man you played uh, in a lot of games this year, 73 between the Barracuda and the sharks how, how does the body feel at this point in the middle of may with uh, a couple weeks uh, off the ice
0: <laughs> yeah it's funny you mentioned that because uh you know going from college you only play 30 or so games so it's uh it was a lot different playing playing that many games in uh in a season so it was uh you know it was definitely tough on the body but um it was good to get a couple couple weeks off here and just uh kind of recoup and and try to get to feeling 100% again.
1: Nice. I remember um, after one of the games, we did an interview, and uh, I remember you had, you know, ice packs and all the fun stuff going, and I, I always think people, like, hear those terms. They're like, yeah, Scott Reedy, he gets into the the tight spaces, you know, the dirty goals, and it's like when you see, when I see a guy like you after the game, I'm like, yeah, that's that's not a joke. Like, that is a banging bruising mentality to try and get in front of the crease and fight for positioning and you know either be at the right place at the right time get a tip um i mean does does that part of the, of your game kind of get overlooked because people always want to talk about what you do but maybe they don't acknowledge the reality of what that means
0: yeah exactly i think uh you know it definitely takes a takes a toll on your body if you want to play in those areas and, and score those goals and um you know that's a big part of my game so um you know i got to take advantage of that and and um you know so uh but yeah it definitely takes takes a toll on your body and um you know playing 73 games like that uh can be tough for sure but uh it's really rewarding
1: how did you develop that aspect of your game because not everybody um you know can just have that kind of knack uh for being in the right place at the right time or working off the tip play um but obviously what we saw with you um you know especially as you got better and better the later and later we got into the year it seemed like you have just a really good knack and that you read things really well around the crease
0: yeah definitely I think it's um you know I've always prided myself on having a a high hockey IQ and um you know that's that's how I've had success at at every level in in hockey and um you know I think that just spurs from watching a ton of hockey growing up um you know I always always found myself watching games and just trying to understand uh why people are scoring and stuff and um you know I think that propelled me to just understand where to be at the in the right spots on the ice at the right times and then um, you know a lot of a lot of hand eye work too growing up so that's uh, you know how my game really came together.
1: I know that uh, Joe Pavelski from what I saw of his time you know at practice with the Sharks and then from what some of the guys even at Dallas still tell me is they always say that he's usually the last guy off the ice working on that tip play late you know after everybody's all done is that something you've done have you just tried to find somebody to be like hey just throw pucks in i need to work on this you know or is that or or does not everybody want to do that at the end of the practice <laughs> when you're when you're not the captain
0: <laughs> yeah no i mean it's uh yeah i definitely i definitely do that and there's you know there's guys on the ice no, no matter what at the end of practice so you just find someone that uh you know, wants to put a little work in and, um, uh, maybe you, you throw some shots up for them to tip or, or give them some one-timer passes. So it's a little bit of a trade-off, but there's, you know, there's usually someone out there at least, uh, willing to do that for sure.
1: Uh, let me ask you, you referenced watching guys growing up, who were your, uh, who were your guys? Like, who were the ones that you were looking to, that you were, you know, being influenced by, or looking to add aspects of their game to your game?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, Joe Pavelski is someone who, who was mentioned to me when I was younger as to, you know, uh, watch him play and try to understand what makes him so good so he was he was definitely someone I watched as I was getting older when I was younger it was all uh you know Patrick Kane Sidney Crosby and stuff as as every kid was but um but yeah I think Pavelski's a a good guy for me to watch uh to this day still but uh definitely someone I started watching when I was um about 15 16 17 years old somewhere in there and um definitely a guy I tried to tried to understand what made him so good and especially his tipping ability and just right place, right time, um, knacky mentality in front of the net too. So that was, that was a guy I definitely watched a lot. And then, um, obviously those guys that I mentioned when I was younger, just, uh, learning from their hockey IQ was, uh, big for me.
1: In terms of fighting for positioning, um, you know, around the crease in the AHL and then jumping up this year to the NHL level, how much different was that? Cause obviously, you know, I always, tell people you know at the ahl level there's just as many big and strong dudes however the the details aren't just quite as good as they are at the nhl level so what did you notice that much of a difference in fighting for position or were you used or were you used to getting beaten on by guys
0: <laughs> yeah i mean <clears throat> the hl obviously you know like you said there's there's big strong guys but um some of it is the, the little details when you're trying to get to the front of the net whether it's um you know, like the little stick details where they're where they're lifting your stick, the the body direction that they're pushing you just to keep you out from uh, getting good positioning in front of the net. So it's uh when you go against those top guys, it can be pretty shocking. Just uh the the amount of detail they have in their game and, and understanding how to keep a guy out of a, a good scoring scoring area. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's uh, you just got to find a way and um, adapt. So that's uh, that's what I saw.
1: I mean, you ended up with seven goals and two assists, and like I said, it seemed like you were getting better and better as we got deeper into the year. Do you, I mean, are are you happy with that, or are you kind of like, ah, you know, I still need to get better, I still only played 35 games? You, you know, we, we associate the hard-working mentality with you because we're like, oh, he's the guy who's going to go in and do the dirty work. It's not like um, you know, you, you, you don't have, you know, the Ovechkin skill set, for instance, and I'm not saying that as a knock to you, but it's like, it's like, you, it's not like you're walking into this being like, oh, my game's complete, obviously.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate to get the opportunity I did. Uh, I think I, I earned it in plenty of ways, um, with the way I played in the, in the eight, but, um, you know, this is a big, big summer for me. It was, you know, it was only a small sniff at the, um, you know, opportunity I could have. So, um, it's definitely, um, like I said, a big summer for me. And um, you know, it's gonna be a lot of hard work to to earn my spot again and and stay there.
1: Were there eye-opening moments like you know, you said guys lifting your stick? Were you like, oh man, I need to hit the weight room more, or I need to do this, or I need to work on this aspect? Like I imagine that there were learning opportunities. We celebrate the goals, but I'm sure there are moments that you're far more familiar with than we were, where you were like, man, I just, I got, you know, pushed around. I got smoked there. I need to improve this, that, or the other thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's fun scoring those goals and stuff and, um, you know, being able to celebrate at that level, but, but definitely there's, um, you know, small details, little, little battles that I've, I've lost and stuff, um, just throughout games that I'm like, wow, you know, um, got to take a step there or whatever. But, um, you know, that's an important part of it <clears throat> as much as celebrating is, is just learning, um, you know, what I need to keep, to, keep doing to, to be able to stick at that level. And, um, you know, I think I got a, got a pretty good image of that in my head and what I need to do this summer.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, Bob Bugner was always very, very honest with the media and talking about guys games. Was he very, very honest with you when you came up and were giving an opportunity and, you know, obviously, he's, he seems like he understands, you know, how to play the not good cop, bad cop, but he knows how to be very <laughs> realistic with players and, you know, give encouragement. Was it, was that the experience you got?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was, uh, he was great to me as, as he is to everyone. But, um, yeah. Like you said, he's an honest guy. You know what to expect from him, uh, the way he carries himself and, uh, the way he talks to his players. So it's, uh, it's nice having him around, obviously, and, and being able to learn from a guy like that. So, um, it was really good for me to to be able to come in. This being my my first real year, and um, you know, learn from him and and get feedback from him. So, um, yeah, he was great.
1: Did you ever try and you know pick the minds of a, of a Logan Couture or an Eric Carlson or a Brent Burns? Obviously, you know, we're talking forwards and defensemen here, but you know, these guys have so much experience at the NHL level. Or, like, I don't know how it is when you come up, how many how comfortable you are just being like, hello, all-star and award winner. Let me steal your time now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those guys were uh, they were great to us younger guys, honestly, and um, very personal guys. And um, to be around those guys was just uh, an experience in, it's, in itself. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as learning from them, as, as long as you're just hanging around them, um, you know, you see the way they, they come off the ice after shifts, um, talking to their line mates and stuff. You're, you're picking up things, um, just hearing them. Hearing them chat with other guys, or, or chatting with you, or watching them in practice, or whatever, you're able to learn a ton of stuff from those guys, and that's that's what I just try to do—just be a sponge out there and just uh, you know learn from their experiences.
1: Were you finding yourself just watching them or hearing their conversations and picking up things that you weren't even thinking to ask about? Is that is that kind of how it goes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and you can even just watching their habits is a big thing, and you know, there's a reason why they're they're all um, having the careers that they had and stuff, and. You know, it's easy to see why in practice and just even the little little details and games stick details and stuff that you don't really typically pick up on um, when you're watching on TV or whatever.
1: Yeah. G- going back to just, you know, having this be your your breakout year, like when you score that first goal, I mean, are you thinking back to when you were I assume you're yeah, you were 18 when you got drafted, um, you know, in 2017 in the fourth round, like after the game, did you have a moment of reflection or was it all so busy that. <laughs> You didn't really have a chance to think about it, maybe till the season came to an end.
0: Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was crazy, busy, and you know, there's a lot going on, media, and uh, trying to talk to the family. But I definitely tried to uh, do the best I could to to take a few moments and just kind of reflect on, you know, everything from back when I was, um, you know, playing playing hockey as a as a Pee Wee, um, as far <laughs> as I can remember, and um, just think about my. My ride the whole way um and just really try to be appreciative to the opportunity that i got there and um you know just reflect
1: is it kind of a trip though like i would imagine that beyond the reflection there's a point where you probably looked back as like you know i just scored a goal in an nhl game or i've got you know seven at this you know after 35 games like i have to because like that's that's the dream man like everybody you know when you're a kid you talk about you know playing in the nhl or whatever sport it is you want to go and have that success for most people like me, it ends in high school and you end up talking about other people having success. But for you have to imagine like there was kind of that realization, like snap, I just scored a goal.
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was a, it was a realization. And, um, you know, as much as you dream of it going up, it's hard to, it's hard to actually let it sink in and and feel it. So it almost just doesn't feel real. till um, till the season ended for me, then I was able to kind of think about it obviously, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a short time to think about it and enjoy it. And, you know, you just got to get right back to work. But it was for sure a great experience. And, you know, not just for me, my entire family and um, all my coaches I had growing up. It was, um, you know, something I can share with them and and uh, really enjoy.
1: Yeah, I would imagine that after the family, who, who were you talking next? Was it coaches from the Gophers? Was it, you know, like you said, you know, juniors coaches and younger coaches from earlier in your career? Like, you know, obviously you're busy. I mean, have you had to make some phone calls once the season came to an end?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I talked to a lot of my coaches uh, after that moment for sure. It's uh, you know, it's a special moment for them too to to be able to share that with me and um, with the influence they had on me. I had a lot of great coaches growing up, so I was very very fortunate and um, you know happy to to talk to them and, and share that moment with them. I even had a, a high school math teacher reach out to me, so really? that was uh, that was pretty cool too to to stay in touch with with her and um, you know see her follow, following me ever since that point in my hockey career. It's pretty cool.
1: Is, is that humbling the fact that people are still watching you, you know, beyond, you know, cause obviously students grow up, they move on, but you still have people, you know, keeping an eye on you.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's, uh, it's pretty cool that, that our relationship went out, went beyond the, the classroom there and I can, um, you know, bring some joy to joy to people, uh, doing what I do best. So it was, uh, it was a cool and, and humbling experience to, to get a text from her and, um, uh, just be able to chat with her about it, reminisce old things.
1: So, so what's next for you, man? Like, when do you think you're getting back on the ice? When, or, or or are you skating already? I I mean, I know that there, there are plenty of rinks in Minnesota.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There are plenty of rinks. Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to take, take just a couple more weeks off here off the ice. I'll probably start, uh, working out, I think next week now, but, um, you know, a lot of it's just going to be maintenance work, maintenance work to start, um, get the body feeling right. And then, um, get a plan and just attack it this summer
1: right on man well i appreciate your time it's been fun to watch your ascent hope to see a lot more of it in the future and i'll be bugging you for an interview soon all right man
0: awesome sounds good
1: again that was scott reedy who time and time again found himself in the right place at the right time for the sharks and came on strong towards the end of the season while offering a tantalizing view of the future we will continue to check in with individual sharks this entire offseason stay tuned to the sharks audio network this podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen. Picture knocked it down. Back to Burns. Shot. Score! Reedy crossed the screen in front. Burns kept the shot low. The Sharks
0: score at fifteen thirty-five in the second to take the 3-2 lead.